for me, it was the right fit you know, against the New York Giants. Like, this is this is the New York Giants. If you don't like it, then you're welcome to leave. But that's the way that we do things around here. Man, I'm so blessed. It's crazy. I've been manifesting New York. I, I kind of had a feeling it was going to be New York, but now that we're here, man, God is good. Once a giant, always a giant. For me, it's only a giant. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by the USA Today Network. I am your host, Art Stapleton, and the New York Giants are 7-2. Another victory at home against the Houston Texans. We had all our thoughts post-game on our post-game podcast. Thanks to the audience of All In for making that an important part of our coverage and our week. But now we're moving on. Sunday at MetLife Stadium, the Detroit Lions. And then in a span of five days, the New York Giants will go to Dallas for the highly anticipated rematch with the Cowboys at Jerry World. On today's show, two guys I've known for a very long time and will have center stage both on Sunday at MetLife Stadium for Giants-Lions and then on Thanksgiving for Giants-Cowboys. And then come February, Super Bowl 57 in Arizona, two guys from Jersey, I make it three, Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson, the number one team on Fox, will have the Giants each of the next two games. They are all in today. I think you guys will enjoy our interview. Also, you could check out the video of that interview. That'll be on NorthJersey.com as well. Kevin and Greg are good friends of mine. We go back a long way. Kevin and I covered high school sports together in North Jersey. And one of the athletes that we covered is Greg Olson, one of the best athletes to come through New, Jer- New Jersey in the last 30 years. So Kevin and Greg joined me today to talk Giants. I think you'll really enjoy it, and that'll be coming up momentarily. Later in the show, I'll have the final drive. Your questions submitted via Twitter at hashtag AllInArt, and then I'll give my prediction for Sunday's game. Recording this after Wednesday's practice, so the Giants wisely given Dexter Lawrence a rest day. Listed on the injury report as a back injury, but also a rest day. Lawrence is playing a ton of snaps, and ultimately, they figured out that they can't get him rest in-game because he's so valuable to this team. So now it's going to be giving him rest during the week for practices. And right now, there is no one more valuable on this defense than Dexter Lawrence, and they need to keep him healthy. So a rest day on a Wednesday, I would imagine he's back out there as a limited participant tomorrow and moving towards the week. But my understanding is that there's no concern about him not being able to play against the Lions, which obviously is a huge deal. Kayvon Thibodeau, I'm told, is under the weather. Uh, He did not sound great after the game on Sunday. That I'm told it's gotten progressively worse. So sounds like he got bit by the flu bug a little bit. So he was under the weather on Wednesday. The Giants decided to hold him out from practice. I hear it's going around a little bit in the Giants locker room. So we'll see if that continues. But hopefully Thibodeau can get healthy, feeling better, and get back out there on the field for the remainder of the week. This is obviously a big game for him nationally from a national scope, given that Aiden Hutchinson, the first-round pick of the Detroit Lions, who went second overall, Thibodeau would certainly like to get the win, first and foremost, but also get off the schneid when it comes to his sacks. You know, I think people look at him and see he only has one sack. I think Thibodeau has played a lot better than the numbers would indicate, especially against the run. He held up. Damian Pierce uh, for Leonard Williams' forced fumble that was huge in Sunday's game. Uh, I think Thibodeau has played well. He's continued to get better and better. And obviously, uh, the numbers are the numbers. And Hutchinson leads all rookies in sacks. 
and Thibodeau sitting there at one. Obviously, that one sack was a huge one, the strip sack of Lamar Jackson that secured the Giants' upset win over the Ravens that, as the Ravens continue forward, looks better and better and better as a win. So what do I think of this week and this week's game? Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. Surprise, surprise. Uh, I don't think the Lions are a pushover by any stretch. Uh, They can score. They've hit 30 or more points four times this year, which is tied for the most in the NFL. The Giants, meanwhile, have not scored 30 points in 37 games, dating back to Joe Judge's first season. You have to go all the way back to 2019 and Pat Shermer's last year for when the Giants scored over 30 points without getting a defensive score. And that was the game that was formerly known as the Chase Young Bowl, but now is jokingly referred to as the Andrew Thomas Bowl, considering the trajectory of both of those players. Now, Young has obviously been hurt, so he is now back at practice for Washington. We may see him in a couple weeks. But the way Andrew Thomas's trajectory has gone, uh, I think the Giants landing him that year uh, is equally as important as what Washington did with Chase Young, given the circumstances of everything and how the, the division has taken shape over the last couple of years. In terms of Sunday, I think it's a big a big spot. I think they have to get this win. Because if you play out the rest of the season... They're going to play Washington twice, Philly twice, Dallas on Thanksgiving, at Minnesota, home to the Colts. This is one of those games that you have to get because the Giants have to get to 10, I think, to truly feel good about their playoff chances, especially with teams like Green Bay starting to pick up some wins and Tampa Bay winning their division at that point is going to knock out some of the other teams. San Francisco and Seattle will end up being two teams for the NFC West. So those games against Washington after Washington's upset of Philly take on that much more significance for the Giants trying to make the playoffs. So they got to get this one against the Lions this weekend. I'll give my prediction at the end of the show, but I think this is another game where no one should be looking past Detroit at three and six saying, boy, the Giants need to, you know, roll steamroll this team and get ready for the Cowboys. That's just not going to happen. The Giants haven't steamrolled any team this year. So why would we think it's going to happen this week? So that's our intro. I'll be back for the final drive. But right now, let's go to my interview with Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson, NFL on Fox, the number one broadcast team, two good friends of mine. I think you guys will enjoy it. All right. Joining me now, just two guys from Jersey. So that makes three from Jersey. The number one broadcast team for Fox, Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson, my guys. Fellas, thanks for joining me on All In. Great to see you, Artie. Appreciate you, buddy. It's uh, good to see you. It's been some journey for the three of us together. Uh, you know, Greg, I go back, you know, you were seventh grader stomping the sidelines at Wayne Hills with your ball bag and your candy bars stuck in that vest. And Kevin and I both covering the games. Uh, and now we get to be back together on MetLife Stadium on Sunday. You guys are doing the Giants and Lions. Uh, this pairing for you guys together, I know it was fun. You were together early in the season talking about Super Bowl and everything else. You're 10 weeks in now. Is this just kind of like old hat for you guys? I don't know. I, I don't know old hat. I'm kind. Of, I'm still kind of relatively new at this. KB's got a lot more experience doing it than I do. But I'll tell you what, we've had a blast. You know, I think we had a ton of fun last year. We had a great crew, um, everybody we worked with, especially for me, just speaking for myself, just the first time ever doing it to be paired up with Kevin and then, you know, our producer and director, Pete and Artie and Pam, just the group that I got to really learn the ropes from week in and week out was just an unbelievable opportunity. I was very lucky to be put into that seat. And now this year to elevate up one more level and still remain with Kevin, right. At the end of the day, like our chemistry in the booth and him just having such a selfless approach to making sure that he covers up for the things that I'm still 
messing up and some of the things that I still aren't quite sure of the background, but he lets me just talk ball. He lets me just be crazy and talk football and draw on the screen. And then he handles everything else. And it's just, it's a really fortunate position for me to be in and be able to stand next to Kevin and just know that no matter what, he's going to handle it and he's going to make us look good. And, uh, as long as I don't screw up that bad. So it's a very fortunate position that I'm in and it's not one that I, you know, take lightly. You know, the thing is like, I feel like it's, uh, you know, first of all, Greg's humble because he's so good um, at what he does. But I think the most important thing is like, you know, I think people forget he's only been doing this for a year and a half, you know, and I, I know he, you know, had, had experience in, in kind of practicing to try and do this while he was playing. It's a little different than when you're full bore going and doing this. And it's like, I think, I think the biggest thing is like, I don't, I don't ever think like we're not having fun and just, you know, really just horsing around from the time that we get to the city to the time we're on the air. It just happened that, you know, people are watching the portion that we're messing around and, you know, so, um, it's just fun. You know, we laugh a lot. Like, you know, we, we bust chops. Obviously, we're from Jersey. All we do is bust each other's chops. So um, I just think it's been fun. I guess the most important thing to me, it's been a blast. I've had a great time doing it with Greg. You know, it's funny. The three of us, obviously, we, you know, we go back a long ways. I mean, at this point, it feels like, you know, 100 years. But you go all the way back. You know, Kevin, you and I know, I mean, everyone knows Greg as the, you know, NFL player, 14 years, you know, essentially building a, a Hall of Fame resume, uh, all-time Carolina Panther, uh, first-round draft pick. But you and I remember him when, you know, he was the best basketball player on the Wayne Hills team and, you know, a, a, an all-county track star. And regardless of what he did on the football field, for you to to not only be with Greg when he was – becoming a broadcaster even before he became a broadcaster do you ever think back still to those days and kind of pinch yourself a little bit in terms of who your partner is right now and how you guys your your paths kind of got to the point where this season now has happened where you're you're the top team and calling the top games on fox well um you know, I, I do, I do. Yeah, of course. I mean, like it's a cool, it's a cool story and it's a cool bond. Like it's, you know, to get to do games with one of your good buddies and, you know, uh, truth be told, like, you know, you know, I, I feel he's my guy, you know, like he, I've known him for a long time and I've, I've known him, you know, longer than uh, a lot of other people have, uh, you know, and seeing him as, as roots and and knowing his his family a little bit and, and know, you know, and having that, experience so like i feel like there's a there's a bond there um so yeah i take a lot of pride in that just like you are you know like we're you know we're there we're we're doing talk shows on wghc i asked you to come do a talk show and now you're hosting podcasts and you're in broadcasting so like you never know where stuff's gonna go brother well that was you know there was a time in the in time and place where i was referred to as the fourth olsen brother i don't know if greg remembers that but I covered I covered the Olsons so much and Greg and, and and Christian and then Kevin tail end of Kevin Kevin now obviously we get to see him in the background of your Instagram posts on the weekends which is great in your booth with you guys um, let let's talk football a little bit uh, you know because that's what we do uh, last night Monday Night Football Washington beats the Eagles and all of a sudden. The NFC looks like a wide-open scenario. You guys have the Giants this week. Let's talk NFC East first. Before last night, I thought it was the Eagles, the Cowboys, and then really everybody else. Where do you guys see it? How surprised were you at last night's result? And how does that kind of frame, you know, going forward now, the next couple weeks when you're going to see, you know, these NFC East teams? Yeah, we're we're excited. We we've only had um, you know we we've obviously seen Dallas a few times. We saw one time when they played Washington, but we haven't called a New York. We haven't called a Giants game. We haven't called an Eagles game. So I know Kevin and I were actually talking about it um, in Green Bay last weekend that we're we're excited now to see the other half of that division. You know, we're excited to see New York live and in person. I love Dable. I think he's awesome. I've gotten to know Daniel Jones well. We trained together that 2020 year during COVID um, he's from Charlotte. So we trained together every single day during the, 
during the COVID kind of break from off-season workouts. So I've gotten to know him. So I've always kind of cheered for him from afar. I love Dable. I think he's a stud. Um, I've gotten to know him personally, even though I never played for him. He's a guy I really like and was excited that he got this opportunity. So I'm excited to see the Giants up close and personal. Um, obviously, in a couple of weeks, we're hoping that we get a Philadelphia game. We, we haven't had a chance to see them yet, but kind of same story. Kevin and I had them a lot last year as they were kind of the rebuilding. Nick Sirianni takes over. Young Jalen Hurts, is he the quarterback? That was the storyline. So now to see them, you know, start out the season as hot as they did, um, I know it's a team that we're looking forward to watching. I'm, I'm always cheering for Ron just as a person. I just love Ron. Um, and, and obviously what he meant to my career. To su- so to see them play so well last night on Monday night was not a surprise. Um, Ron gets his teams ready. They're getting better each and every week. So it's a fun division. It's a division that we're excited to hopefully call more games um, within. And uh, obviously that starts this weekend because we get to come up to New York and, uh, and see the Giants for the first time. Yeah, listen, I, th- I think the NFC East is really good. I, um, I still think that the Eagles are the best team in, in the conference right now. They, they laid an egg last night. Washington played really, really well, and they turned it over three times. So they turned it over three times the entire year. So um, I think the biggest thing for them is Jalen Hurts is a different guy. He's he's really good. He's really worked on his craft, and he's taken that next leap to be a really good player. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing for them. Obviously, the Vikings have one loss. They just beat a Bills team. I think Dallas is very, very good. I, I, I'm the same. I, you know, I, I'm looking forward uh, to diving into the Giants a little bit. You know, I saw the Giants a little. I saw them in London. You know, I've seen them bits and pieces here, and obviously kept up on them. But I, I can't wait to see them play. I mean, you know, you know, Art, as you know, obviously my whole family's in Jersey. I talk to them all the time. They're all Giants fans, so you know, I get the I get the feedback from them. Uh, but I'm excited to see that. I think it's it's been so good, and I know what great things at Dayball. But I think that. You know, I think the wink hire was so good, too, just in terms of attitude. You know, like the way he plays defense to bring that attitude to a team that's trying to kind of get over the hump and win for the first time in a lot of years. It's, it's kind of like the, the effort, like we're going to rush everybody at the quarterback and just, you know, good luck beating it. Like, I, I think it's been good for them. So, and, and as far as Washington goes, look, the only thing I can say about them is, it, you know, Greg could talk about them with his former coach, with Ron, but – I don't understand why, and Greg, maybe you could speak to this. Like, go back a couple years ago, the wild card game when Taylor Heineke had to play because they had seven thousand injuries at quarterback. He was great, and he almost beat Tom Brady in that game. Every time we've done a Washington game, and he's played. They've been in the game and had a chance to win the game. So I don't know why they keep trying to replace him. I, to be honest, I, I <laughs> you watch him play, he gives him an energy. So I, I would keep him at the quarterback spot, and the way he's playing with them, I, you know, they're tough. You know, this division is really, in terms of getting the focus and the national spotlight, it's been down the last couple of years. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Giants have been rebuilding, churning through coaches every two years. Washington, even though they've kind of been on the verge, obviously the 2020 year they win the division, but that certainly didn't seem like it counted. You know, so you guys have kind of – Relocated. It's kind of like you, Kev. It's your your new home turf on the West Coast. It's been all about the NFC West. And now, you know, it's kind of shifted a little bit. The NFC West, I mean, sure, you have Seattle and San Francisco, who I think will end up battling for the division. And I think San Fran will probably move ahead there. But it's kind of fun. It brings back that old school. And I, I wanted to get into it, you guys. I know it's not until next week, but you guys have the prime spot on Thanksgiving. And as much as there's all the talk about Fox will have the Super Bowl and you guys will be calling a Super Bowl, I got to imagine two guys who grew up in in North Jersey know the meaning of, you know, the Summer All and Madden broadcast. And on Thanksgiving this year, it's Giants, Cowboys, and it's not Summer All and Madden, it's Burkhart and Olsen. I know it's still a week away. You've got two games before you get there because you guys have the Chiefs this weekend too. Tell me a little bit about the nostalgia. What the, what's that going to be like? We were joking that if we did this uh, this podcast later in the week, we'd try to get some tur- turducken sent to your house and see both of you guys gnawing on it, you know, old school. But, you know, to be associated with that team, that Summer All Madden on Thanksgiving, what does that mean to you guys? Yeah, I mean, it I, means I remember – go ahead, Katie. Sorry. No, no, no. I was going to say, like, I, you know, growing up, that's, you know, I mean, we were, we were a big football house, you know, watching house. We, we loved it. Um, 
And that was Thanksgiving, going and throwing the football with my brother and my dad in the in the yard and watching football all day. And certainly John and Pat, you know, with the turducken and who's going to who's going to get a chance to eat the turkey leg at the end of the game. I, I think I think that's. I think that one's going to hit me. I mean, like, you know, these games, you, you, you show up and they're all big, right? I mean, you know, we're having monster numbers watching the games that we're doing, these games. But that one's like a big deal because I feel like you're really getting welcomed into people's homes. And, like, for me, like, you know, yeah, I idolize Summerall and idolize John. And our producer, Richie Zions, worked with John for years. And so, like, there's there's so many connections there. I think that one's going to hit me. That one's going to be a real honor. And, and uh, you know, maybe people will be like, oh, wait a second. Those are the dudes that are doing the, the Fox game now, you know. I mean, we've had big games, but I think that's a little bit different, don't you, Greg? Yeah, I, I, that's a game that when, when the schedule came out, you know, knowing we were going to call that call that time slot, call Thanksgiving. Like Kevin said, I, you know, when we were kids, Thanksgiving was football. You know, whether we were going to a high school game with, mm-hmm. with my dad, you know, scouting or whether we were playing in our own game or just playing in the backyard, football and Thanksgiving kind of go hand in hand. So it was pretty um, – that was pretty cool, you know, to find out. And then on top of that, of course, to go to Dallas and have the Giants coming to town, just a traditional matchup. Yeah. Little did we know the Giants were going to be so damn good going into the right. game, right? I think there were some questions we weren't sure. So everything has really lined up. Dallas is one of the best teams in the league. The Giants are probably the surprise sleeper team of the league with how well they're playing and their record. So, yeah, I think uh, I think along the lines of what KB said, I think to, to really have that sink in, it's probably not going to happen until we're standing in that booth and that ball gets kicked off and we realize every single family around the country sat down had Thanksgiving, you know, Thanksgiving dinner, and then they all went and plopped their butts on the couch to watch us talk about football and watch the, you know, highlight of the year, which is probably the Thanksgiving slate of games. So it's um, it's a really unique opportunity. It's something I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to. I just don't know. I, I think it'll really sink in and really, you'll get the feeling of it once, uh, once we kind of get in that stadium and get around that energy. But yeah, that that's been a that's been a date that's been circled on the schedule since the summer. Now, Kev, I've talked to you in the past in terms of, I mean, this was your journey. You you were in broadcasting. You wanted to be a broadcaster. You wanted to call games. So there were guys you picked from, the Mets broadcasters, you know, Bob Murphy, Gary Cohn, Pat Summerall was kind of the soundtrack of your youth in terms of following and hearing them was also the soundtrack of the NFL. I'm curious from, from Greg's perspective, I mean, as an analyst, there is no higher standard than what John Madden was. Now, obviously you're not going to go out and try to be John Madden, but I'm curious from your perspective, was, has there ever been any time where you've gone back and watched some Madden film and, and seen some videos and, you know, the characterizations that he had on the field that might have more meaning when you guys step inside that booth on Thanksgiving. Do Greg freeze. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I lost you there. Or, I'm sorry. Can you ask that again? Yeah, of course. Uh, from your from your perspective, you know, I know Kev's journey as a broadcaster, you know, he took things from other broadcasters as they grew up. For you as an analyst, this wasn't something that you had always dreamed of. Uh, but since you've embraced that role, the idea of Madden in the booth, I mean, you know all Madden, you know the Madden games – being the analyst, there are going to be different eyes on you as well on that day because I'm sure Fox is going to be having, you know, clips of Madden. Have you ever gotten the chance to be able to, be able to dive in on Madden, the broadcaster, to kind of add to your your game? Yeah, I, I really – I struggle at all ever bringing up the name John Madden in my early uh, time now as a broadcaster. I don't um, – that's not something I'm overly comfortable with comparing myself. He is by by far – the icon and the top of this whole genre. He he pretty much like pioneered the idea that former football guys, whether a coach or a player can get on TV and talk ball over a broadcast and have millions of people find it interesting. Right. He was kind of at the forefront of that and, and brought that into my household as a kid, you know, his voice narrated playing video games as a kid narrated the prime, the biggest game of every week. You know, I, I watched the game of football as a kid and his voice was the voice that, I remember, and you couldn't escape it, right? You heard it on, you know, EA Sports. It's in the game, right? When you played Madden 93 and 94, those were iconic moments in my childhood. Um, 
So that's not something I ever compare myself to. I think anyone who tries to replicate what Madden did is going to fall flat on their face. I think there's one John Madden. I think he was unique. He was funny. He was super intelligent and smart. He talked to millions of people around the world and made football fun. He made it relatable. If there's any little thing that we could all try to steal from John, I think it was that, that this is still at the end of the day, we get an opportunity to talk about football. We get to talk and make it fun. We get to explain it to people, but we get to entertain. We get to have fun. We get to join people for a few hours every Sunday afternoon and all enjoy watching the game of football together, whether we're all rooting for the same team or not. It's something that I, I truly enjoy doing. And uh, John obviously is at the forefront of that. I remember him ripping those turduckens apart. I remember him giving it to the cow, Emmett Smith standing on the field after the game, chewing on a turkey leg. I mean, I remember in my family room all those moments vividly as a kid. So now to fast forward 30 years and the fact that it's going to be Kevin and I's voice um, broadcasting the, the similar, you know, the same game is it's almost a little surreal. Um, you know, when you, when you stop and really reflect on it. You guys, obviously, uh, let's get to this week's game a little bit. I know you still have your research to do to dive into the Giants and Lions, so I won't throw that on you to, to break the game down specifically. But you've seen the Lions enough. Let's go from, from that perspective a little bit. You saw probably their biggest win in years uh, when they beat the Packers. When they're coming here, now that they won on the road, you know, for the first time, I think they snapped a 14-game road losing streak. Coming into this game, what do you guys like about the Lions in terms of what they've done? I mean, I think there's only still three wins, but what kind of threat are they to the Giants who, at this point, you got a lot of Giants fans saying, okay, let's get to 8-2 and two and, and move on to Thanksgiving in Dallas? Yeah, I mean, they're in every game. That's the thing, right? Like, you know, when you when you watch them, they're in every game. Their biggest thing is they haven't closed, right? You know, the Giants, <clears throat> Giants have won close games all year long. They 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 know how to finish these games. That's what the Lions hadn't done until the last couple of weeks. I think the one thing that people don't realize about Detroit is, and they've been some, they've been up and down uh, a little bit since the since the first month of the year. But they have an offense that has explosive pieces on it, right? I mean, they they, they have an offense. They, they can score 30 a game. Uh, they have that ability. You know, Jared Goff, obviously the quarterback, he's been better at home than on the road. But, I mean, they have this they have this receiver that probably most of America doesn't doesn't know, Amon Ross St. Brown, USC kid. Um, he's a slot guy. He's not this guy that's going to burn you for 40 yards down the field. But he is open all the time. I mean, all the time. Um, it, you know, they've got DeAndre Swift. They've got Jamal Williams. They've got guys that can play on offense. They've got a good offensive line. Their bugaboo has been the D, and they're so young. But, you know, we still – yeah, you, you said it. You know, Greg, we did the game against Green Bay, and, you know, I don't know. They're, they're so inexperienced. You don't know how it's going to go game to game. But that was that was really an interesting game because so many of their rookies made plays in that game, you know? So I, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they could sustain that the rest of the year. Obviously they had the same thing against Chicago, even though they got gashed by fields a little bit, they made a couple of huge plays in the end. They had a pick six by Okuda and then they had a couple sacks to seal the game. So it's like, they've got some young talent on that team. Yeah. And I, and I think to, to piggyback off what Kevin said to your point, I think if the giants are looking at this, saying, Hey, one more game and we're going to get to Dallas and we're going to play on Thanksgiving. And, you know, this is just another win. I think that's a huge mistake. I, I mean, you're, Kevin said the best for the most part, maybe aside from a game here and there, every game the Lions have played has been a battle. The ones they've lost have come down right till the end, could have gone either way. So if I'm the Giants, I'm sitting there looking and saying, I actually see a very similar team in the sense of young players, scrapping by when we win we kind of scrap by at the end and both teams are kind of a couple games going the other direction and being and flipping records right and again you don't apologize in the nfl for how you win you get you get a win or a loss it doesn't matter if you win by one or win by 30 so i i know dable from being you know just being around him getting to know him he's not going to let his guys look past this game nor should they when you have a season going like you, like they do with New York and you've kind of come out of nowhere and you've really surprised everybody, at least outside the building, you've got to realize just how precious that is. You cannot take any game for granted. You are not in that position right now to just say, hey, if we show up, 
we win. It doesn't matter if you're playing the Lions, the Texans, the Chiefs, whoever it is. They've got to come and they've got to play their best. And that's why I think this game is going to be so interesting. I think the records are irrelevant. The Lions record to me is not indicative of, like Kevin said, it's not indicative of the team and the and the players that they have, especially at the young at, at the young level. So I'm excited for the game. The Lions are a lot of fun to watch. I'm excited to watch the Giants. They got a lot of fun young pieces that are exciting to watch. I love both coaches. I think Dable and, and Dan Campbell are just great dudes who do it with a ton of energy. They kind of wear their emotions on their sleeve. I love that. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really fired up for these guys. And I don't think anybody in New York should even be thinking about Thanksgiving because the lions are a legitimate test. Greg, you didn't do a game um, at, at MetLife last year when I was on baseball, did you? So is this, is this our first, is this our first, is this your first game in Jersey? This is my actually. This will be my first game in Jersey with you. So in nineteen, oh right, you did the game with Kenny. Kenny, That's right. When I did the game with Kenny, it was the Giants game. Yep. So I've done I've done one game at MetLife um, back in two thousand nineteen. Yep. Got it. I forgot about that. Yeah, Greg, you've mentioned. I mean, I know you and I had talked about uh, your prior relationship to Dable. If you could just share with with the audience, how did you guys get so close? Where did you meet him for the first time? And how has that relationship developed in terms of, uh, you know, now where, you know, you're, you're all in on, uh, on Dable. And you've said that numerous times on and off uh, the podcast. Yeah. So I've never played with him. I I never played for him. Um, Just had a lot of mutual guys that, that he either coached that were in played. So I first met him, I was in Carolina. He had coached Derek Anderson, who was our, was one of our quarterbacks and DA would always talk, talk about him and just loved him. And they got to know each other well over the years, um, whether he coached them directly or not, I don't exactly remember, but I know they, they had a really good relationship. So before games, when he was in new England, um, and then of course, when he was in Buffalo, like I just, we would spend time before the games just talking. And it feels like I'd seen him a thousand times before games and um, just developed a good rapport with him. Then after I got released in Carolina, he was the coordinator up in Buffalo. Buffalo was one of the teams that I really strongly considered going to that year. He was obviously the coordinator for McDermott, who I really know well here and, and from his time in Carolina. So we just developed a really good relationship and we kept in touch and we text and actually we had a brief conversation. He kind of called me to feel me out when he was making it. I don't know if anybody have ever told this. So breaking news. Um, (laughs) We actually had a a quick conversation this off season about whether I would ever want to consider getting into coaching. Um, We had a, we had a quick phone call or two and kind of feeling me out. And it just wasn't something I was interested in. We were still trying to figure out what was going to go on with Fox and all this. So it never really came to anything, but he's a guy I just have a ton of respect for. He's just a guy that I think does it the right way. I don't want to sit here and say I knew he was going to jump out to a eight and one or whatever record or eight two whatever it is, um, but I knew he would do well. I didn't know if he would do well this fast, but I knew he would do well because he's going to do things the right way, and he's just a he's just a smart football guy who understands all the details. So I don't have any direct time with him, but I've just through my dealings with him around the league, um, I've always just really enjoyed him. Should I call you Coach Olson on Sat on Sunday, or should I lay off that? Uh, you're welcome. Now, hey, me and Jeff Saturday, you never know. I'm gonna, <laughs> the only, the only thing is, if I call way. you, if I call you Coach sit. Olson, I feel like your dad's going to respond to me. Like, I feel like, you know what I mean? Have it his, your dad. His voice. Yeah, all of a sudden, his voice is going to, like, come out of the speakers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell you, I, I, I'm very – I'll make one thing very clear. As long as I'm sitting next to Burkhart calling this game, there's zero chance in hell I would ever go into coaching. If they ever kicked me out of that seat – maybe it would be a possibility. I'll just be very clear with how that works. I have the gig I have right now is the best boy. Uh, yeah. Two coach Olson's. I, I don't think, I don't think New Jersey on Sunday would be able to oh. handle two coach Olson's. No, they're not. What a story. Yeah. What a story. It would boy, burn uh, down. The, uh, the last thing I wanted to mention to you guys before we wrap up and I appreciate your time. Obviously you guys are bouncing around going crazy. Greg, you're trying to charge your car and get to another thing. I do want to mention all the great work that you did charity-wise yesterday all over your Instagram, so people should really go and check it out. It uh, really means a lot. I know your, you know your community down there in Charlotte, but also your 
home community here in North Jersey, even though it hasn't technically been your home. They followed your story, known what you've done in Charlotte. Obviously, TJ and his time, you know, rubbing elbows with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay a couple weeks ago. Um, so it's all great, and I appreciate your time, UNKB. Uh, the last thing I wanted to ask you, the Odell Beckham Jr. question. Now, this affects broadcast, and I got to imagine between now and Sunday, it's going to come up on your broadcast. What has this taken on a life of its own now over the last couple of weeks? And because he's the free agent that's out there, I mean, you're talking about a guy who who tore his ACL in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it's really only nine year, nine months removed. Can Odell be a factor in the playoffs this year from your guys' perspective? Are you paying attention to where he ends up? Uh, I mean, it'll come up on Thanksgiving as well now that the Cowboys have essentially gone out there and recruited him harder than Notre Dame and Miami and Tennessee recruited you, Greg, back when you were in high school. So the Odell question, give me your thoughts on on what's going on and can he reunite with the Giants and, and be here and kind of have that, you know, that renaissance that, you know, maybe people wouldn't have thought when they traded him away. You know, I, I think from my perspective, I'd be curious what KB thinks. From my perspective, I think it really is as simple as where is he in the recovery process? I think the timeline suggests that he's right on the borderline, you know, the border of how we've kind of seen guys come back from ACL tears in the past. Um, it, it's funny, certain guys that have a little better genetic gene, you know, a little better gene pool. Guys like Odell Beckham tend to come back a little faster than maybe some of the rest of us. Um, so I think he's got that going for him. But listen, the reality is he got hurt, you know, nine months ago. And for a guy that's going to play wide receiver and run and really rely on his, on his athleticism and his change of direction and ability to elevate, um, if he's healthy, he can make a ton of teams better. I mean, there's probably 32 teams that he could improve by joining at this stage of the season with the caveat being he's healthy and he can be at least 90% of the Odell that we've seen. I mean, we saw the impact he made last, last year on the Rams joining them um, for the back half of the season and made some of the biggest plays. It was unfortunate that he got hurt in the Super Bowl. He probably would have been the MVP on the pace that it was going. Um, so that was unfortunate, but yeah, I mean, if you're one of these contenders and you can get a healthy Odell Beckham and Odell Beckham who can really come in and maybe at least in the first couple of weeks, play 20, 25 snaps, play third down, play red zone, make critical plays. They don't, these teams do not need him to come in and catch 10 balls a game. They need him to make impactful plays, go up and make contested catches in the end zone, go up and convert critical third downs, keep chains moving, be another threat to maybe open somebody else up on the team. So if he can come in and they even just do that, then yes, I think he makes whatever contender he joins um, that much more so. So it's all contingent on where he is. There's the big difference between being healthy enough to be cleared and healthy enough to go out and play playoff level football. So I hope the game's better when he's in it. I hope he's healthy. I hope he's in a position that he can come in and help the team. Cause I know from our perspective, if Odell's on one of these NFC playoff teams, Kevin and I will have no complaints. Gonna say selfishly, I want want him to be in the NFC, right, Greg? So we could see yeah, him, no um, doubt. you know, more. I so I, you know, look, I don't think the Rams get to and win the Super Bowl without him last year, and it's exactly because of how Greg said it. You know, because they lost Robert Woods and they needed like that extra piece, and he wasn't relied on to be the guy. But boy, he made some big plays for them uh, down the stretch in the playoffs. So I think if he's healthy enough to do that, it's a it's a huge deal. I'll say this. Just thoughts right off the top of my head, Art. I think if he goes to the Cowboys, I think the Cowboys, if he's healthy, if he goes to the Cowboys, I think the Cowboys are the best team in the NFC because the, the one area that they glaringly lack is a second and maybe even like a 1A wide receiver to, to CD Lamb. So that is, to me, a game changer if he's healthy, if he goes there. I think the best story, though, is if he goes to the Giants because I think if the Giants get in the playoffs – and they get him back. I mean, we all know they've relied so much on Saquon, who's been just ridiculous. It's great to see him back. But if they get him back, the fans' the reaction to him and know how much he's loved already, you know, in New York and that Giants fan base. And they get in the postseason and they add him to a wide receiving core, which is like, it's amazing. Like each week, it's somebody different. Are you see it? Yeah. That would be unbelievable, in my view. Just from a, a grand storyline perspective, it would be incredible. So, you know, we'll see what happens. 
like Greg said, the health is the big issue and nobody really knows at this point. And it's a lot of stuff that's out there, but you know, look the next week and a half, you've got your stage on Thanksgiving. If I know Odell and I know Odell pretty well, I would think that Odell will want to be somehow on that stage, even if he's just being talked about. Wouldn't be surprised. Couldn't you guys see walking into Jerry World on Thanksgiving and Odell is sitting in the front row in the end zone, kind of waiting for, you know, someone to bring a contract over him to sign? I mean, it's reality football. No, you know, you you know, well, you know, well, you cover him. I'm just like, I, I could honestly see whoever wins that game getting him. Yeah. Really? And I could see somebody putting it out there too. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge that, well, we'll see who wins on Thanksgiving. And then that's where yeah. Odell will yeah. end up going. And that's going to be of- like a, it's, it's going to be like an episode of the bachelor. <laughs> like whoever, like he's going to walk out the tunnel after that game. And one of the, the winning team is going to give him the rose. It's going to be amazing. The more I think about it, Art, that's br- like, you're, you're so, he is a hundred percent going to be at that game. If he doesn't sign with somebody by then, he is going to be at that game. I could see it. It's so perfect. Well, the end of the second, you know, midway through the second quarter, Greg and Kevin, we'd like to welcome in Odell Beckham Jr. to the booth. That would be incredible television. I'm, I'm all for it. If, you, if Odell, if you're watching, you want to come on, please. That would be amazing. That would be must. That would be must watch TV. That would be incredible. That hey, Art, can I can I say one more thing off topic? Can I just add one more piece to this? You, you brought up the Aaron Rodgers thing with, with TJ, and thank you for saying all those kind things. We're happy to do it. But, like, that was just another example when everyone always – and I always say this, and bear with me. People are always like, you know, why have you been able to, you know, do this with Fox, and why do you get to call these games? And, obviously, we talk a lot about my relationship with Kevin, and, and that goes without being said. The fact that the last two years I've been able to be in that crew with, with, with that group that I mentioned and now in this group now, like – for example, Aaron Andrews put that whole thing together for TJ and Aaron Rodgers. Like I had nothing to do with that. And behind the scenes, Russo and, and Z, our producer and director, like they're coordinating cameras to make sure there's somebody there to capture it. Like the amount of energy this crew has put to make both Kevin and I like feel like we've been with them. They've called Super Bowls, Tom Rinaldi, Aaron, Z, Russo. And they've called countless Super Bowls. They've called some of the most iconic NFC playoff games. They've done it all. And for them to welcome a guy like me who's only done it for one year, and then, of course, me and Kevin together now as the new crew, you know, to join them from the outside, so to speak, like it just speaks volumes to like how much they've welcomed us and how fortunate I know I feel. And I'm sure Kevin, not to speak for him, but I'm sure he feels the same way. Like to join a group that has been welcomed us with such open arms and has such a wealth of experience and knowledge producing these big games. I know for me, learning the ropes still has been just, so you talk about like right place, right time for me to be young in this game and be surrounded by people that have done this at a high level at the highest level for so many years, but are also just like good people um, is I just think is super important for like, at least from my perspective, for them all to know, like it's, it's pretty rare. And you wonder why some guys are set up to fail and some guys are set up to succeed. Sometimes it's just a product of the people that you're put with. That's pretty awesome. Well said. And obviously, uh, you know, I wanted to do this with the two of you guys every week. I think I'd text one of you or both of you and say, Hey, how many more wins do the giants have to get before we get the number one team to come, come slum in the, in the stadium with guys like me in the press box covering this losing team. And uh, obviously it's going to be great to see you guys. on MetLife at MetLife on Sunday, but even more so on Thanksgiving. I know, uh, it's going to be a family affair. I'm sure both of you guys will bring your families out for Thanksgiving down to Dallas. Unfortunately, my family will be home. I wish they could come with me, but I certainly feel like you guys are family and we've known each other for such a long time. Like I joked earlier, the fourth Olsen, I won't give up my, uh, my title just yet. Uh, but, you know, listen, Kevin, Greg, I appreciate your time coming on here. And uh, when the Giants roll to the Super Bowl, I expect to be able to go out with you guys in Arizona and, you know, bring up some old times and have some fun and have some laughs. So, but thanks again for joining me this week. And uh, I'll see you on Sunday in MetLife. All right. You're the best. Awesome. Thanks, man. You're the best. See you guys. 
All right, and special thanks to Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson for joining me. Looking forward to seeing those guys out at MetLife. And then again on Thanksgiving in Dallas. Uh, I really think that, you know, they are two of the best, clearly. And the best thing I can say for somebody who's known Kevin and Greg for a while is that they still are who they were back then when we met and when we patrolled the athletic fields of North Jersey together, Kevin and I on the sideline and Greg in between the lines as one of the greatest athletes to come through New New Jersey in uh, generations. And that's no stretch for anyone who watched Greg Olson play high school sports. Now we'll get to the final drive, your questions and my answers in terms of the Giants and where we're at. We will go to Julio Souza. Julio is a regular contributor to the program, always enjoys being a part of All In Art and asking me questions. So we'll go. Julio wants to know, what's your gut feeling telling you that the Giants are going to do with Daniel Jones if he keeps winning games, going into playoffs, and playoff victories as well? Well, Julio, if he keeps winning games and going into playoffs and, and win some games in the in the playoffs, then there's going to be no reason why they shouldn't give him a long-term extension. Um, you know, I think it's probably a little bit more in the gray area. I don't expect them to get to the playoffs and start winning some games in the playoffs. But right now, Daniel Jones is giving you everything you want as a quarterback. Uh, I don't believe that Daniel Jones is going to hit a market and then all of a sudden some team is going to come out of nowhere and pay him $35 million a year. I just don't think that's going to happen. So I think the Giants are in a good spot. I think if they make the decision that they want Daniel Jones here, I think they'll be able to work out a long-term extension uh, to get him to stay here. Uh, I think he wants to be here. He sees the coaching that he's getting uh, and the ingenuity of this offense and where they're going. So if I had to say right now, I would expect Daniel Jones to get an extension. And I think that Saquon Barkley will also be back on the franchise tag, which is a little more than $12 million a year for 2023, or they work out an extension for Barkley. Uh, maybe a little bit above that franchise tag, but spread the money around and uh, see where they're at. So right now, again, gut feeling is that both players will be back, but there's a lot to be done over the last eight games of this season. Another regular, Isaac Medina, wants to know, if I have to predict the final record of the Giants, what will it be? Well, Isaac, I think it's very difficult to look right now and take it a big scope approach so let's go week to week right we'll go this week i think they beat detroit so that gets into eight and two i think they lose on thanksgiving so that's eight and three then washington at home i'll go nine and three philly at home nine and four then at washington which i'll give them a loss there nine and five then indianapolis i'm sorry at minnesota so nine and six, then Indianapolis at home, 10 and six. And then I'll say at Philly is a loss. So 10 and seven. So I give them their final record will be 10 and seven. I think that'll be good enough for the second or third wild card. They'll be heading to the playoffs. And, uh, and then who knows what will happen in that first round. Maybe it's against Minnesota. Maybe it's a rematch against Philly. Or maybe it's a trip to the NFC West winner, which I think is going to end up being San Francisco, but it just as easily could be Seattle. Remember, if San Francisco wins the division and Seattle ends up closer to tied with the Giants, Seattle gets the tiebreaker and will get the higher wild card. So that's where I'm at. So I'll say 10 wins right now, but certainly they could change the perspective of their season if they win on Thanksgiving against Dallas or win that first Philly game, I think that will kind of set up the rest of the season. Final question from the fans this week. Big Blue Brooklyn wants to know, at the halfway point, who wins your midseason awards for the Giants? Specifically, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and of course, MVP. Also wants to know biggest surprise and best pregame fits. Well, 
I'll leave the pregame fits to some of the other guys on the beat who like to go down and, and get the outfits. Uh, I think Kayvon Thibodeau was smart. He turned his pregame fits into a commercial for Snickers. I thought that was a brilliant move, especially for a rookie, uh, to understand the value of that. Uh, Saquon coming in sleeveless a couple times. I thought that was interesting. Uh, Sterling Shepard wearing a Saquon Barkley t-shirt against the Texans, I thought was also a uh, brilliant move. He had worn a Daniel Jones t-shirt while he was working out and rehabbing early in the week. So uh, I give that with an asterisk as uh, something that's interesting. Uh, So offensive rookie of the year, you know, this is a real difficult one. Uh, I would say Daniel Bellinger was probably on his way to winning that award, and then he gets hurt. Let me talk about Bellinger a little bit. He caught passes today with a visor on for the first time. He's not practicing, but he's off to the side. It's important to also note that he's not on IR. So even though he didn't practice, he can be out there on the field with the training staff, kind of be involved with the team without practicing. Uh, And I talked to Bellinger. He said the swelling is almost gone. His double vision is almost gone. He's probably going to go get a checkup with the doctor over the next couple days. And... All things are moving forward. Said he caught the ball today. Felt really good. It was the first time he went out and played catch. Uh, So he's moving along. If not in Dallas, maybe the following week or even when they play Philly, we could see Bellinger back in the mix. Uh, Defensive rookie of the year. You know what? I'd probably still say Thibodeau even though he only has one sack, but given that one sack won the game against Baltimore, I would go Thibodeau there. Uh, I know Belton has played a lot of snaps, but I I still think I would go Thibodeau uh, as the defensive rookie of the year. Offensive player of the year, you know, uh, I'll I'll go Saquon for the offensive player of the year, Dexter Lawrence for the defensive player of the year, and the MVP of the team, I'll go Andrew Thomas because what he's done at left tackle, I think he's the one player, even with Saquon, if Saquon misses time, Matt Breda can kind of hold the fort down a little bit. But if Andrew Thomas went out at left tackle, I think that's the MVP. What he's done up front allows the rest of the offensive line uh, to kind of gel together. Uh, So that would be my pick for... Uh, for MVP, I'd go Andrew Thomas. I think Saquon's the Offensive Player of the Year. I think Saquon and Andrew Thomas are probably 1A, 1B as far as my MVP goes. All right, that about does it for Final Drive. My prediction for Sunday, 30-26 to 26, Giants win at 8-2. I think Saquon has another monster game. I think the Giants do a good job of keeping Jared Goff off balance, blitzing him a little bit. Well, I say a little bit. I'm sure blitzing him a lot. And really taking advantage of a Detroit defense that gives up a lot of big plays. I think the home crowd will help the Giants. And I think at the end of the day, I think Isaiah Hodgins is going to have a pretty good game this Sunday. That's my gut. My gut tells me Hodgins will have a big game, score a touchdown, and the Giants end up winning 30-26, to end up going to Dallas, and then we'll have some fun on Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening this week to All In. Make sure you check all my coverage on NorthJersey.com and whatever USA Today Network community you may be in, whether that's Lowhud, Asbury Park Press, My Central Jersey, or anywhere across the country. So thanks, for, as always, for being All In on this podcast and this show, and we will remain All In on the New York Giants. We'll catch you with the, pre- the post-game podcast on Sunday. Until then, thanks to... Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson, our producer Paul Wood, and all of you for listening every week. We're all in, and we'll talk to you next time.